Okay, I, I think I'm ready whenever you are, Christopher. Ready for what? What are we doing? To, to actually, like, do the show. We're doing a show? I, I mean, unless you'd rather just, like, hop on Doom and play Doom with me. I've been... I've. I've been doing this, not the new Doom, I've been doing this thing that I'm calling the uh, the Eric Harris, which yeah. I Wait, sit what? here and... <laughs> Give me a second here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been, do- I've been doing this thing. Actually, I think... I feel like this is the thing and I started years and years ago. And it was called the Eric Harris, where you play Doom and listen to KMFDM, but out of spite, okay. what you then have to do is like remind your friends that you love them and otherwise not be a total piece of shit of a human being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like uh, it's it's like it's like named out of spite. I still think I kind of hate it. I I feel like this is something you can blame probably like 19-year-old me and <laughs> for honestly. I feel like this was I feel like this was like a college thing. Yeah, that feels very uh 2009 of you. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. And I, I think about it um, anytime I play Doom and listen to KMFDM. Because the thing is, like, God, that's such a good mix, though. Yeah. Like, Doom and KMFDM is such a good mix. Yeah, I mean, it's already very... It's 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 almost so, so It's almost So it's perfect. the Eric Harris. Um, okay, we're not talking about... We're not talking about We're not KMFDM talking about though. Eric Harris and... We're not talking about uh, just absolute trash human beings, at least I don't think. Not that we're aware of. I mean, there's, like, some bad stuff about people, but nothing quite to that level. We're, uh, also not talking about German industrial metal. That's a shame. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Sound Judgment Podcast. Where every episode, we'll be discussing all of the important musical topics, from reviews to which member of Motley Crue is the most vile. I'm going to judge the officials. I'm going to judge all the judges. It's going to take you people years to recover from all my opinions. Chris, what are we talking about? Uh, Jeff, we're talking about um, my new favorite album-oriented rock band of the year 2023. (laughs) Alright, that's great. Okay, so what we have here is... (laughs) Can I do my rundown about this band? Absolutely. I'm going to interject all the time because that's what I do, but let's do it. That's totally fine. Actually, first off, pre-me pre telling you to listen to them, and I haven't said who they are yet, pre-saying, hey, let's do this album, have you listened to them before? Jeff, I have listened to one of their previous previous albums on your recommendation, and the last time we listened to one of their albums... This is a very bold move because there was a global pandemic. Oh, oh no. Oh, wow. That is the thing that happened, isn't it? That was actually the last album that you were recommended to me before we started this podcast and the ensuing conversations about how you wanted to send me albums are what led to this. Oh my God, you're not wrong because their 2020 album came out in January. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about a band called Revolution Saints. I'm going to give my rundown of who these guys are. Now, wait, there have been some lineup changes since I last listened to them, though. I'm getting to all of that, actually. Don't worry. Okay. There's a whole, there's a whole spiel here. So, Revolution Saints is a super group of basically, like, 80s, like, arena rock veterans is what this is. Yes. Um, originally, it was Jack Blades of Night Ranger and Damn Yankees on bass. Oh, that's weird. I have Jack of Blades from Fable in my notes. <sighs> really? Yeah. I still never played those games. We're gonna have to start over. Okay. <laughs> it is uh Doug Aldrich, most notably of Dio in the early two thousands. He played with White Snake from about two thousand three to I think twenty fourteen. I was to say I have a much better note, but I'll get to that when we get to replacements. Okay, yeah. So Dio in the early two thousands, White Snake from about two thousand three to twenty fourteen, and before that he played with a band called Lion in the eighties. Him and lead member Cal Swan from Lion then went and formed a band called Bad Moon Rising in the 90s. Like, he's done a lot. He's been around for, for quite a while here. I was going to say, Doug Aldridge is one of those guys who gets passed around like a... That's kind of what That's kind of what this whole group is, actually. Because the main guy in Revolution Saints is Dean Castronova, who is the lead vocalist and drummer. Um, which is a mix we don't see nearly often enough, if you ask me. Yeah. But 
he is one of those guys who has been on a million records by everybody and their mother, including, but not limited to, Tony McAlpine, Cacophony with J Jason Becker and Marty Friedman, Marty Friedman's solo project, Bad English, Hardline, Paul Rogers' solo career, Ozzy Osbourne, Steve Vai, and probably most famously he was with Journey since the late 90s. Who he is a backing vocalist for as well as drummer, right? An occasionally lead vocalist, yes. Okay. Like, there's a couple songs they'll have him do as lead vocals. Um, and quite frankly, he out-Steve Perry's Steve Perry, if you ask me. These days, yeah. Um, I gotta say, man, with, like, the pedigree of this band, as well as, like, their notability as, like, session musicians, I'm surprised they don't just bring in fucking Ray <laughs> Right? Um, but, Music okay, so that... Oh, wait, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah, that's, that's another thing, but it's fine. Uh, I, okay, I'm glad you figured that on your own. You know Sorry what, I forget sometimes. You know what, rest in peace, Iron Sheik, Ray Gillen, respect the legend, uh, break his back, make his homeboy. I, I hate that you just said that. So anyways, anyways <laughs> more importantly, that was the original lineup for Revolution Saints. Yes. This time around, Doug Aldridge of White Snake has been replaced with Joe Hoekstra of White Snake. Yeah. So you're, you're, there's a lot of inbreeding here, and that's that's like the big thing to me is uh. So Doug Aldridge was replaced by Joel Hoekstra, which is amazing because Doug left White Snake in 2014, and Joel Hoekstra was the replacement. Yes. So then Doug leaves Revolution Saints, and Joel Hoekstra was the replacement. So yes. Joel has also played, just to give his backside here, his backside? That was a bad, his bad phrase. His backstory is what I was trying to say. I don't know anything about Joel's backside. I've seen it. Because I've seen Joel live in multiple can... occasions. There we go. Anyway, Joel has played with Night Ranger, along with Jack Blades. Um... Funny that, again, Blades left Revolution Saints. Uh, he has played with Jeff Scott Soto, the Trace of Orchestra, and he is on the Rock of Ages original Broadway cast recording, which is just kind of a fun thing. Um, Jack Blades, again, bass player, left and was replaced by Jeff Pilsen, who has been in, and again, this could be one of those lists that goes on for, for forever. He played with Dio in the 90s, Dawkins from 84 to, I think, 2000, and he has been playing with Foreigner since the mid-2000s, are probably the most notable ones. And also, he voiced Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Did he really? Is that a thing? Yeah, the 2011 remake. Oh, that's hysterical. Oh, that's awesome. I did not know that. Um, that's yeah, what I'm here so, for. So, so, what Revolution Saints is, like I said, it's, it's a power trio. It is a... Super group. It is a super group power trio. Yeah. Uh, the original lineup... So they have not been around for incredibly long. Their first album, the self-titled album, is from 2015. I was going to say, this is three or four, right? Yes, yeah, so 2015's self-titled album in 20... I apologize, I lost my number here. Light in thank the dark. You. In... Yeah, thank you, okay. And another album in 2017, an album in 2020, which, oops, apparently I mentioned we should listen to 2020's Rise... Uh, when we yeah. first decided to start doing a podcast a few years ago, and then what was before that? It inspired the podcast. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, uh, apparently, like, and we never did it, did we? Well, no. That's that's the thing is that it wasn't we we weren't talking about it. And you showed me this album, and I messaged you about it, and you were like, "Yeah, I want us to listen to more music." And I was like, "Well, if I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna record the shit." Oh, uh, that's right. I guess the idea really was just like I wanted to just like listen to new albums and just and, like and discuss about it over them. Discord. And I was like, well, then I might as well record it and edit it. We've already been talking about doing a podcast for a while. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. That's really funny that I I did not remember that this is that that this revolution led, that Saints is like what yeah. led to it. Yeah. Uh, crazy. So then now we everything have, comes back around, man. Yeah. Everything comes back down to Revolution Saints. Ab absolutely. <laughs> Which is how I'm gonna put it. Uh, so now we have 2023's Eagle Flight, which came out end of end of this past April. Um, and again, I mean, given given the given the members and the pedigree these guys all have, I, I think it's pretty obvious like what kind of music we're getting into. This is there's almost not a lot of surprises on this. Yeah, there's not a lot of surprises. This is very stylistically 80s hard rock, but like radio hard rock. 
right? Yeah, album oriented rock. Would you say that kind of or or like arena rock? It's very yeah. journey s. Very... I was gonna say, man, I I. I don't know how long I can go on this review because my mom walked into the room and she goes, are you listening to journey? I've never heard this song. And I go, no, but one of the members is in journey. And I had to explain what a super group was, but I realize now that that's like, I mean, that's what a lot of it comes down to for me, man. This, this sounds like that kind of thing. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I have had that exact experience numerous times with people listening to you. Like I'll have this on the car and whoever I'm with will be like this journey. Um, it is very, very Journey-esque. Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways. I would argue there's also a lot about them that is very much not Journey. It th- There's a lot of more modern influence. Um, yeah, it's, but... it's definitely a modern... Like, the, the guitars are much grittier in tone. It is a much, like, heavier, thicker distortion. But, like, stylistically, it is very much arena rock, right? Yeah, if Journey didn't break up in the 80s, this might be what they're doing today. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, because unlike some other, still together. They're together, they're together. But does uh, does anyone care? Like, does anyone care outside of like you go to see Journey because you want to go see like the hits? Let's go review the new. Nobody, nobody I have ever (laughs) talked to gives even the slightest damn about Journey's new music. Despite the fact that isn't, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Who's the current singer? Arnell. The, yeah, the, the, the Filipino man, Arnell something. Um, yeah. hasn't he literally been with Journey longer than Steve Perry was? I think didn't, so, yeah. Didn't he break that record by this point? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> Journey was better before Steve Perry anyway. That's fine. Having said that, I mean, I think they put out just two albums with him, maybe. Yeah, but what I'm but like again, like they're they're a karaoke band by this point, man. Like it's it's more of a no, what's the phrase? Legacy act, I think is yeah, the best yeah, phrase for exactly it, right? It. Yeah, they're a crazy, legacy yeah. act, which is totally fine, but they're not no one cares about New Journey. So anyways, this is our review of Freedom, the 2022 album by Journey. I have not listened to it. Um yeah, but no one neither has anyone else so we can say whatever we want. I can't believe they tried jazz. (laughs) Speaking of no one listening to it, can I... So here, a thing I periodically do, um, especially with albums that I have already really dug into and I know my thoughts and opinions, I love to read other people's reviews, right? If I'm going to review music, I want to see how other people review. I also love to watch people review. I love watching YouTube reviews. I could only find, like, four people's reviews on Eagle Flight by Revolution Saints, and two of them are men in their 50s just sitting in their car (laughs) talking about this album. Apparently, no one listens to this either, as far as I can tell. Jeff. Jeff. What? We have discussed many times how when we listen to albums, we like to have the lyrics in front of us, and I could not find a goddamn word of this album anywhere. (laughs) No one even cared to copy down the lyrics, not even the band, apparently. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I actually was going to mention that at some point as well. <laughs> so, a few things here so while we're kind so of... So anyways, like, Eagle no, Fly while Free we're, by Revolution while, while we're poking fun at them, I have to say, because I do, I love numbers. I love watching numbers go up on things. Uh, so one thing I always look at is stats on Spotify is how many monthly listeners a band has, like how many listens their biggest tracks have, whatever. Wait, wait. So when uh when you recommended it to me, the monthly listeners went from one to two? No. Revolution Saints hover just under 30,000 monthly listeners. It's been that way for quite a while, I think. It's actually, actually. It's actually fairly respectable. But Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, but... That's fairly respectable, but that's nothing compared to, like, half the bands these guys come from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the biggest song that Revolution Saints have, according to Spotify, is not even off of this album. It's When the Heartache Has Gone, and it just barely breaks a million listens. Otherwise, according to their popular list here, they only have, like, three songs that broke 100,000 listens. It's just kind of, it's just like, wow, that's... I don't know, man. It's kind of sad to me because these guys are all from 
otherwise huge, huge projects. And then they do this super group and it just kind of, I don't know, man, it just, it, it exists. But enough rambling about the band itself, Chris, before I say anything else, give me something about the album. Um, Break boy, the ice, just give me something. Break the ice, fuck. Uh, I don't know, I, boy, it sure did sound like Journey for a lot of it. Um, I not not that any of that's a bad thing, but I, I gotta say a lot of, as far as individual songs, nothing really like blew my fucking mind, but as a, I guess as, as the kids say, as a vibe, I do like it. Um, I can just put the album on and go the whole way through it, but like only a couple songs really stood out to me. Okay. Like what? I'm curious. I'm curious what stood out to you. Talking like strangers is a fun song. I think. Yeah. Good choice for a single. Yes, absolutely. It's a great song. Man, I visited my friend today, and, and her dog was barking like crazy, and I started singing, I cannot believe you're barking at strangers. <laughs> uh, Crime of the Century was a lot of fun. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know why that one stood out to me, but that one was fun. And um, I liked Once More for being like the song that like brings it down a little bit. Okay. Like the, p- the kind of piano ballady one. Those are probably not your picks at all. Um, no, but I'm okay, I'm okay with them. So, I, like I said, I don't think that there's a bad song on this album. If we're doing like the, I know you fucking hate Journey, but if we're doing the Journey comparison, I yeah. would go with I would do your your go to of like they have higher highs but lower lows, whereas this goes to about seven or eight and just kind of puts it on like cruise control from there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, honestly, I would I would say this every track on this album hovers slightly above mid-range and does otherwise not a whole lot. This album is sad to me because as a general as a general rule, I love Revolution Saints. Especially their first album is one of my favorite just like straight ahead 80s style rock albums of all time. It is absolutely incredible. This one, there's a few things going on. Um, first so off, real quick before we get into that, yeah. what did you think of Rise? Because those are the only two I've listened to. I'm so and I'm, maybe I, maybe the first one is worth going back to a little bit more for me right now because I'm intrigued by what you're saying. Okay, so I'm actually going to get to that in a second here because I have a I have a train of thought that I want to ride for a second, right? Okay, I'm gonna stand back and let you drive your train. Driving your train high on cocaine. Let's go. So so. A few things here. Um, I have seen most members of this band in other contexts. I have seen Whitesnake both with Doug Aldrich and Joel Hoekstra live. I have seen Joel live with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Like, these guys are around enough that I've kind of stumbled upon them in other projects as well. And a big thing here is Joel is, like, is an incredible guitar player. I am never gonna say otherwise, but I'm. I don't think he brought his A game. But I'm a bigger fan of Aldrich. Okay, that makes sense. Not that Joe didn't bring his A game because I absolutely think he did, but Joel is much more flashy. Yeah. So Doug Aldrich era White Snake was really cool because you have two guitar players who are both rhythm and lead guitar players. You have Doug Aldrich and Reb Beach. Duh, uh, Doug Aldrich is like an old soul. He has the 80s shredder technique, but he has like the vibe of the 70s blues rock guys. Right? He's like yeah. he, he he's like if if Jimmy Page uh were the shredder that some people like to pretend he is. I love Jimmy Page, but Jimmy Page is a very loose and gritty blues guy. Doug has the technique down. Uh yeah. And then Reb Beach is this super flashy showman. And together, they made probably the coolest White Snake like duo possible. Joel and White Snake is a lot more like having a second Reb Beach, which is cool. It's flashy, it's fun, but it's very samey. And it's also very, it's almost too expected now. Like, I feel like Joel was the, the more modern, this is what you expect out of a modern rock player kind of thing. Um, 
He doesn't have the same stylistic range. No. Well, he doesn't have the same style. And I think that's one of my big issues with this album, is that it's just not for me anymore. And that's not necessarily like a bad thing. I'm not saying this is a bad album, because it's not. I think it's a really good album, ultimately. Like, I really do think this is still a very right. good album. It's just not what I wanted from Revolution Saints. So on my first listen, I get to track five, which is the track I'll Cry For You. And that's when I really started to feel like there's too much going on. I understand layering things in the studio. Like, I get it. And especially because it's a, it's a three-piece band. You know, they're, they're going to add some layers and whatnot. But at the same time, part of the appeal to me of a power trio is that they sound like a power trio. Yeah. I I like the sound of like, oh, this is just three guys doing like as much as they can. Um, but more to and use, more revolution to use pretentious saves. phrases, would you say they're like not giving the songs room to breathe? Yeah, if that's the way you want to put it, yeah. So more and more Revolution Saints is feeling like it's it's feeling less like a power trio because there's just so many more layers. There's so much more going on. Yeah. Um, and they've always done it to an extent. Like, I listened to their first self-titled album, and, like, yeah, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of stuff going on in a live setting without any backing tracks. It's not going to sound the same as the studio. But I can listen to that first album, and I have a very solid idea of what a live performance of those songs would sound like without any backing tracks, you can hear, oh, this is the main motive right here. This is what's going on. This is what he would be playing. The rest of the stuff is filler for an album. Starting with Rise, and much, much more so in this album, there is so much more studio work happening right. that if they were to perform as a three-piece, I genuinely do not know especially Joel, I don't know what all he'd be playing half the time. Like, there's so much guitar going on that is, it's, it's obviously more than just one guitar track. I don't know what he would be playing in a live setting without a backing Do they track. tour? Or are they a studio band? I think they're pretty much a studio band. I don't think I've ever actually seen... Let me look real quick. I don't think I've ever really seen much about them touring. I, I'm sure they do. Uh, some bands just... Choose to be but studio I, bands. Yeah. Especially I believe, when it's a super group and these guys have like other commitments. Yeah. Could be I believe hard. they have I believe they have tour, but I don't think it's something they really do a ton. Like I've never really okay. seen much of it. Um Well, I mean, judging by the numbers, they might be playing live every night and no one knows. <laughs> that's I mean that's that's also very possible, I suppose. Um yeah, so I, I, I kind of heard, again, because you what you've listened to is this album and Rise, I think you have missed out on what made me love this band. Okay. Because they used to sound like a small, tight band, and now they sound much more like a large conglomerate of people. There's so many, like, non-existent members present in the recording. And it's just Man. not... Man, it's it sucks not, when your studio is haunted, but it's great when the ghost can pick up an instrument. <sighs> I, uh, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, what what do you want me to do with this piece of information here? <laughs> I want you to take that piece of information and think about the fact that if they can get the exorcism right, maybe uh, Ray Gillen can join. No, see, what I wanted to do, but I couldn't quite put together how to do it, was I wanted to make a sabotage reference, you know, and the lights turned them off, my friend, and the ghost just let them in, right? But I couldn't think of how to put the piece. The pieces are there. I couldn't put it together. Um, story of but my yeah, life. E either way. It's like, yeah, okay, so I am. I did look. I found a couple live videos, go figure, all from 2017. So I don't think they're heavy on touring. Yeah. Regardless. Well, um, and 2017 would have been the second album where you're saying they still sound yes, like a Yes, they still piece, sounded. So they might... Maybe they've just decided that now they're going in the studio direction and they don't they can do whatever they want with it because they don't have to, you know, back it up by playing it live. Yeah, and again, I mean they're all in other projects, whatever. They're all in obviously bigger projects. I'm certainly yeah. not holding that against them. But I am gonna say that this is the weakest album they've put out so far. Yeah, and I mean I can't think of any reason that they wouldn't go on tour between twenty twenty and now. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely not. Um 
I mean, that, that was happened. that was prime. That was absolutely prime touring season, man. I don't yeah, know what you're talking completely. about. But, okay, so I actually have a question for you, but I don't want to stray too far off of the album unless you have something else you really want to add. My, my thoughts on the album are actually pretty simple. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add, or can I throw you off on a tangent here? Let's go on a tangent. I'm ready. All right, let's go on a tangent board here. Board the third I, train for the evening. I want to know, because here's a thing that I've, I've thought of here. Uh, you take supergroups. Supergroups are, um... Everyone loves them. Always good. Always except quality. that's the problem. They're frequently not. You always get a good showing out of a supergroup. It's undisputed. So often. Everyone find... loves Chickenfoot. I find that... Su- oh my god, I was just gonna say them. So often <laughs> I find that supergroups are less than the sum of their parts. Uh, most notably, in fact, I would say Chicken Foot. I have never, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast, I have never been more let down, I think, by a band than Chicken Foot, which was Michael Anthony of Van Halen on bass and backing vocals. And he is probably the best rock backing vocalist in 50 years, right? Michael Anthony is phenomenal. Um, Sammy Hagar, lead vocals. Joe Satriani on guitar and Chad Smith, who, uh, you know, as much as we, we shit on the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like they're all talented. Chad Smith. Every single member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is insanely talented, except Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Except as a band, they're, they're borderline unlistenable half the time. So Chicken Foot is a great example of a super group, which is endlessly less than the sum of their parts. I wanted to know if there's anyone that you know of that stands out to you. Like, is there a band that you know of as a super group and then you heard them and just went like, what? Who, who, who listens to this? Like negatively. Yeah. Oh. They stood out in a, ma- in a manner of like, I really thought this was going to be better. I don't know. I need to think on that one. Okay. Well, well I'm going to throw out some then. So, one, we're going to talk about our our buddy Jack Blades here, formerly of Night Ranger and also Revolution Saints. Uh, The band Damn Yankees. Do you know Damn Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, that's With with Ted Ted Nugent, Tommy Shaw, Jack Blades, and someone who I never remember who the drummer was, to be honest with you. I mean, here's the problem, is that with a lot of them, by the time I am aware of them, it's, like, already known that they're disappointing. Like, Like, yeah, uh... Damn Yankees and Chicken Foot are are obvious choices, but also I knew before I listened to them that they were considered not very good. Yeah. Now, what do you think about... Because there's some bands that are considered super groups, but, I mean, quite frankly, I, I feel like they outshined their some of their original groups. Um, For example, Cream. Yeah. Right? I I know, like, logically, I am aware that Cream is a supergroup. I am aware that Eric Clapton was previously in John May on the Blues Breakers and the Yardbirds. But I'm not sure... Like, let's face it, Cream is what gave, in fact, all three of them, is what gave all three guys, Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, and Eric Clapton, like, international stardom. Not a whole lot of people, I think, cared for uh, the the Graham Bond organization that Jack Bruce was previously in. Or, in fact, both of them, Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker, were yeah. previously in. Like, I don't even know if I necessarily want to call them a supergroup. Right. But I feel like they outshined, as a supergroup, they outshined their previous work by a long shot. Um same thing with Led Zeppelin. Or, you know, they were originally called the New Yardbirds because, originally, Jimmy Page was from the Yardbirds and split off and formed a new group. Uh, Robert Plant and John Bonham were in a band called Band of Joy, who I literally only know because of Led Zeppelin and going back and digging into them. I do not know if John Paul Jones did anything previously, to be honest with you. Or how about, like, Temple of the Dog? So, Temple of the Dog was made up of members of Green River and Mother Love Bone. Yeah. And Soundgarden. And they 
and they kind and of. they found um, Eddie Vedder on the street. He was like, and they working fa- at a gas station, right? And they found and they found Eddie Vedder for for one song. Like I don't really know if I call Temple the Dog a super, like a group, super group just because, like, just because people played in a band previously. Does that now make it a supergroup? Because most of these musicians, like almost anyone you listen to, had played in bands previously. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you draw yeah. the line? At what point was a band notable enough to now call the new band a supergroup? Because with Revolution Saints, like, yeah, like we said, these guys are all from bands that are endlessly bigger than right than, than, than the band that than the they band that we're referring to. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I mean, because you, you're you're right. You could there's a lot of bands that you could call a super group that it's like, well, I mean, would you get four underground musicians in underground bands together? Does that? I mean, technically, I guess it's it's an underground super group, but like, no one's who the fuck are these people? Yeah, exactly. I love I love Hammers of Misfortune, but who the fuck are these people? What the fuck is a Mike Scalzi? Who is a Slalfeg? Okay, that's ex- that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, I mean, Foo Fighters. Okay, like, I get it. Dave Grohl was previously in Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how That's long... the whole it... lineup of the first album, to be honest, so that yeah. is a supergroup. But, like, they're they're considered a supergroup now. Yeah. What did Taylor Hawkins do? He played with somebody, I think, Die. previously. No. Oh, my God. No. I mean, yeah, he did that too, but I'm talking about before... Oh my god. Like, Taylor Hawkins, I know, did something previously. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Yeah. But, like, Pat Smear, again, I don't remember when he became a member of the Foo Fighters officially, but previously he was, like, the touring guy in Nirvana, and he was in The Germs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. As someone who grew up listening to punk, I like The Germs, but in no way, shape, or form would I say being a member of the Germs qualifies you as a as a a factor in forming a super group. I mean, okay, here's one. Winter Sun. I thought that was just one guy. Yari was from Ensafirum. Yeah. Uh, then one of the members is from Norther, one of them is from Rotten Sound, and one of them is from Empyrenon. But, like, who the fuck are those bands? I was gonna say, I don't even know who... Ensafirum, who the fuck is Ensafirum? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it, I don't know if I'd call that a super group at all. They're just guys in another band. In, in well, other here they bands. are on the Wikipedia list of super groups. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's sort of my problem, is like, who's deciding these lists? If you Google super groups, you're going to find forum posts of people listing literally everything possible okay, as a super well, group. well, Zwan is on the list, and we can't bring this back to Billy Corgan. We can. I don't even know who, who all was in Zwan. Paz from A Perfect Circle... Uh, a guy named Matt Sweeney from a band called Chavez, uh, Dave Paho from Slint and King Kong, and uh, Jimmy Chamberlain from a band called The Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's Billy Corgan and Jimmy Chamberlain with other people. Yeah. Well, Mad Season. Okay, but that well, wait, Mad Season. Who? I need to look up Mad Season. Lane Season. I know Staley. it's Lane Staley, but I don't know. I don't know who else is in that band. Actually, now that you mention it. Uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. Okay, I can, like, get that. Um, uh, okay, so here, I think I'm using my own personal bias here as a matter of, like, have I heard of them? Yeah. I immediately saw Barrett Martin from Screaming Trees. Now, I know who Screaming Trees are, so I immediately jumped to, well, that makes sense. But now that I stop and think about it, I only Does know Screaming Trees. Screaming I only know Screaming Trees because other people in that scene, like, reference them, right? Yeah. What about a perfect circle? I was actually just thinking a perfect circle because we were looking at Zwan. I don't know, other than other than James E. Hahn Maynard James Keenan... I don't know who anyone in a perfect circle is. But see, okay, so here's the thing, though. John Freese is, like, one of those guys who gets passed around a lot. He's toured with a lot of bands. He's the current drummer for Foo Fighters. I'll say he's the drummer. Yeah, he's the he's the guy who Foo Fighters just picked up. Yeah. Oh, my God, we have more interbreeding here. We're talking more and more. That really is a thing with these guys who just get passed around between bands a lot. It's so yeah. weird, the... Like, it's like, it, it, I don't know, I get inbred feelings 
from how some yeah. guys get passed around between bands in a scene. Yeah. Um, okay, so John John Freese. Um I mean and yeah, it's like I mean, again, it's like you you asked me about ones that I can think of, and I can think of a bunch of like bands that are technically super groups, but like, you know, Bloodbath is members of like Catatonia and Opeth and like who necessarily knows what that is? Like Phantom Ass from with Mike Patton and Buzz Osborne from the Melvins, like but and Dave Lombardo from Slayer might have some of the most notable members, but like who the hell knows who Phantom Ass is? Okay, that's kind of like exactly, and that really just I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious, like if you had thoughts on this, just because I don't really know who is deciding what is a supergroup here. Like, is Alter a... Bridge a supergroup because it's one dude from one band and three dudes from another band? See, I don't think of that as a supergroup. I don't either. Like, in no way, shape, or form is that a supergroup. That is not a mixing of talents. That is... But what about what about Rebel Meets Rebel? Who is that? Pantera with David Allen Coe because Phil Anselmo, like, was too high to perform, so they did an album with David Allen Coe. No, like, that's not a supergroup. That's just... That's just dudes forming a band so what we've learned here is that supergroups don't actually exist no they really don't especially at least in how people define it like here i'm looking at this same list now and i'm finding robert plant and allison krauss listed as a supergroup that's not a group that's just two yeah. people doing music like you can't you can't call a group that's it's not even like they have a new name it's literally called robert plant and allison krauss there's no way I'm allowing Roadrunner United to be a band. What the hell is Roadrunner United? It, if you look at it, it literally just says 57 artists from Roadrunner United. The record label put together like some super groups and they did songs. That sounds almost unbearable. Um, I don't even want to think about how stupid this is. Oh my god, pretty, I don't know. A couple of them know. are actually pretty cool. A couple a of couple the, the road songs. Ro are oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a clue who but they it, are. I mean, it, they they put out one album called The All-Star Sessions, and it's like, uh, the opening track is Rob Flynn, Howard Jones, Jeff Waters. It's like all people from like that kind of scene. I... Man, I don't get it. Uh, okay, so I guess that... This one has Corey Taylor, Rob Flynn, Christian Old Wolbers. So, okay. Like I I'm... said... Some of the songs are cool. I'm not allowing this to be called a supergroup. I'm gonna call just... that. I'm gonna call that a collective. I don't know yeah. if I'd call boot groups that would qualify as a collective as a supergroup. Like I'm not gonna call. Yeah. Like I don't know any band that's I'm been around for a while that has had that has had. How do I say this? Any band that's been around a while that has had lineup changes. Just because another person has been in another band, I don't think that qualifies as a supergroup. I feel like there needs to be a level of notoriety to get the title supergroup. I am going to answer your question with the um, stupidest uh, argument possible. That my disappointing choice is Hollywood Vampires. Um, because it's Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry. And my complaint is that there's only like three original songs and it's all covers. Yeah, I don't know if that qualifies. I don't think I'm going to call that. You're not going to call Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry a supergroup? <sighs> Only because they're not known for their original music, are they? Like, they do tours. They do. F uh, they seem to do fairly well on their tours. Okay, now, granted, do... I think that might just be Alice Cooper and Johnny Depp bringing people in, but like... Yeah, I mean, they do tours, but what the hell have they done? I thought like they were just albums? like a... Really? Yeah, I think uh, actually I can't even. Uh, I think the second one is more original material because the first album is all covers. Oh, see, I genuinely thought they were just like a goofy cover band for a bunch of dudes who were bored. No, this the second album they uh, actually like. I mean, they okay. So the second album is thirteen tracks of original material and three covers. Okay, that's actually that's genuinely more than I thought. I actually very seriously thought they were just like a classic rock cover group because it's a bunch of dudes who could retire 20 years ago just screwing around i actually was not aware that they've done as much as they have apparently i know they get passed around periodically um excuse me they get passed around periodically in 
forums with videos of uh, Johnny Depp playing guitar solos, and it's sort of like this on and off argument of like, is he bad because he's not actually impressive, or is he good because he's better than you'd expect? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like on one hand, you have a bunch of people who like fan over him and think his his playing is amazing. And then you always have the elite people coming in and be like, well, no, not really that good. Nothing exciting new. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, su I'm surprised the man's even competent at playing guitar. He's actually pretty yeah. damn decent. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I think it's kind of cool, to be honest with you. That's kind of being petty. I mean, you don't oh, it's being have extremely to be exciting petty. and fucking new to, to play music. I know, but the problem is that the videos always get passed around as like, Johnny Depp incredible guitar uh, solo. Okay. But it's like, no, just call it what That's it not is. His like fault, he's though. he No, it's not. It has nothing to do with him. It's just the fact that like you can't just be like, yeah, he's pretty good. You know? I'm stuck on throwing a flag on the play for Probot. That is not a super group. That is Dave Grohl playing all the instruments and getting guest singers on every song. That is Yeah, okay, agreed. So hold on. Is is um is Iomi in this list? Not the person, like the the project. No, see it is not. I feel like if you're going to include Probot, you need to include Tony Iommi's solo albums, where he has yeah. people sing on different albums, or on, on different tracks. Can, is this legal? Unnamed supergroup. No, Chris, how about this? Is this legal? Scars on Broadway, a.k.a. two guys from System of a Down forming a new group. That is not a supergroup. That is two dudes forming a side project. That is... That is genuinely insulting. It it really is. So I guess here, here is so here's the real thing, right? Here's here's how this actually is gonna work. Supergroups are stupid. Of rage. Supergroups are stupid. What's profits of rage? I remember three that. Three members. Three members of rage That's... against the machine. Two guys from Public Enemy and Be Real from Cypress Hill. Yeah, I was say I vaguely remember that being a thing. They replaced they replaced Zach with Zach De La Roca with three rappers, like yes, three famous. Rappers. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that being a thing. It took three people to replace so, Zach De La Roca. I mean, yeah, it did. So, so does that also mean? What am I trying to say here? I'm sorry. Does that mean Audio Slave is a supergroup? Well, I thought. Uh, I mean, I thought we had that. I don't consider them, but I thought that we've been calling them that for a long time. I think we have been. I was making sure they were on this page because they're literally the same three guys. It's it's literally another time of the same three guys. It is Brad. Is, does he say it, Wilk or Vilk? I don't know. Brad Wilk, Tim Comerford, and Tom Morello with a different person on vocals. So, anyways, we can agree best supergroup Velvet Revolver. Like, are you trying to upset me? I just want to see if I can make you have a stroke. I don't. Are you trying? You're doing. You're you're getting there. <laughs> I. God, Velvet Revolver. Okay, hold on. Let me look, though, because if I remember correctly, at least I feel like they qualify, though. Oh, they qualify. Like, these are legitimately, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses, uh, and Wasted Youth. Like, all right, I'm gonna give that, you know, give credit where it's due. I think Velvet Revolver at least qualifies. They also were, like, pretty successful in their own right. Did you like any of their songs? Um, I mean, there's a couple songs that are all right. I don't, Do you I like don't... their songs better than Chicken Foot and Damn Yankees? Best supergroup. Best supergroup, Velvet Revolver. They did it. Top guys. I, so I guess that's kind of... Okay, uh, uh, no. No. Um. Well, oh my god. I guess it depends on how we're defining supergroup. God, I'm really stuck here, because I keep thinking of Podcast bands... Podcast over. I keep... Jeff has to have an existential crisis. I keep... I am having a crisis right now. I keep thinking of bands that people call a supergroup that I like more. But then I stop and think, just like, oh my god, five minutes ago I They're said they are not passing my own test! Like, Audio Slave does not qualify, at least, I think. I, sh I would not call that a supergroup. But they're one of my favorites. Cream is one of my favorite bands of all time, but I don't really want to call them a supergroup. Because no one gives a shit about most of the things they did beforehand. At most, people care about the Yardbirds and John May and the Blues Breakers, but they didn't care back in 1966. Nobody cared about those bands in 1966. Those bands were all irrelevant. Those bands are popular because they bred other bands that became more popular. As you're going on this, like, tweaking rant right now, 
I'm imagining you have, like, in front of you, like, one of those things full of phone numbers from before cell phones, and you're just, like, flicking through it desperately trying to find a name that you like better than Velvet <laughs> Revolver. My Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, your Rolodex. <laughs> you're just desperately flipping through a Rolodex, like, I gotta like something better than Velvet Revolver. I... Northern Kings? Is that a super group? No, but you know what is, and I'm gonna, this is, this might be my answer here. Hell yeah. It's hell Cro- yeah. No, it's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Okay. The Birds, Buffalo, Springfield, and the ha- and the Hollies, yeah. and then Neil Young with like, yeah. you know, Solo Project, Crazy yeah, Horse, this... Buffalo. I will absolutely say that that qualifies as a super group. Yeah. No, they were pretty... hugely successful in their own right. They were all in previously successful groups. This I'm one is call causing my eye to twitch. I'm I'm genuinely twitching right now. What? Heaven and Hell. Featuring Ronnie James Dio of Black Sabbath, Geezer Butler of Black Sabbath, Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath, and Vinny Apice of Black Sabbath. It's the fucking Mob Rules lineup of Black Sabbath, and they changed their name for legal reasons because of Ozzy Osbourne. That's not a super group. That is not That's a, a changed that, name. That, that is a does... changed name that is... St- Completely under fuck you. That fuck does you, Wikipedia. Not, that does not qualify as a super group. That is almost insulting. Chris, can we in, can, can we inception this thing for a second here? I think we're both angry enough. Yeah, let's I go. Wa- I want to dig a little deeper here. Okay. Journey. Yes. Journey is a super group. Is a super group. Is a super group. And yeah, I'm going right. I'm going to agree with that because Journey in their original in their original Christy form Perry. in their original form was members of Santana's band and the Steve Miller band and I don't recall other ones but I know it was at least guys from those two bands who went and formed a new group. Hold on. I'm I need to yeah. look. Yeah, maybe here. I can throw in a challenge flag here. Well, no. So I'm just not, I'm now I'm just now digging this. Like, all right. So so if Journey was a super group, okay, right? Journey was a super group, and and Dean Castronovo is in Journey, and then he formed another super group. Does that let him grandfather in the title of super group, even though he wasn't part of Journey that originally made Journey a super group? Because when Journey formed, I will say that I I think that qualifies as super group. Let me get the red string. Hold the on. red string. Yeah, like when you're when you got it all over the over the wall when you're using the red string to like you know make lines. Like from oh one thing to another, yeah like yeah conspiracy yeah. theory red string thing. Well, Chris, while you're struggling with that, I want you to know that Spotify just sent me a notification: the Smashing Pumpkins playlist for you. We put all the best songs all in one place. Oh. Well, thank and you I'm for... assuming it's a Smashing Pumpkins playlist. Oh, it sure thank... is. <laughs> thank you for taking the Smashing Pumpkins greatest hits and well, putting it on a different playlist. Of not listening songs. to that. All right. Anyway, did you find your red, your red, not your red tape? What am I trying to say? No, no. I was gonna try to throw in a challenge flag because I was like, didn't they all form Journey from the same band? But they didn't. I thought no. they were all in Santana. No, no. Like, I know I, they played for different things, but I thought they all, like, left Santana. Like, I thought it was, like, one of those things where, like, the band went solo. You know what I mean? No. Like, it the partially band. did. It's at least a couple guys. I know it was at least Greg Rowley and Neil Schoen. Sean. Sean. Sean? I think it's Sean. Um, but I also know there's at least a... Me- I hear him looking it up. It's Ross Valerie of the Steve Miller Band. Um, there's also George Tickner of the... Frumious Bandersnatch and Prairie Prince from the Tubes. I think that's irrelevant. You have two guys from Santana, one guy from the Steve Miller band. Those are all notable. And then two other guys who were in bands previously. I think Journey, its original incarnation, I think qualified as a supergroup. Fair. I hate supergroups. And then I think that that allows... Now I'm just being an asshole. Then that allows... That allows Dean Castronovo to carry over the title from Supergroup, from Journey, into Revolution Saints, even though he had nothing to do with Journey back then. That's my argument. I don't even believe my own argument, but I'm going with it. Anyways, I'm giving this album seven Supergroups out of ten. Which seven? (laughs) No, okay, so back on point. Um, 
Revolution Saints, honestly, if we were talking about the self-titled album, that is genuinely a five out of five album to me. Um, and I would say their second album, Light in the Dark, is like a four out of five. They have fallen off the wagon a little bit. I'm still going to give Eagle Flight a three out of five. It is above average. It is a good time to just put on and let it play. But there's really yeah, like not I a said, whole lot can... that stands out directly. There's a couple tracks like I, I like said, more I than had others, no problem. But... I had no problem like three or four times putting this album on and and letting it you know go, but um, there's only a couple. Well, there's like two songs I could expect I could plan to come back to without like just deciding I'm going to put on this album. But now I am going to check out that first album. You need to. It's very very good. Um, so that's what we learned that, and um, we dug into supergroups again, which I know I we have talked about before, groups. and I think I think I have to agree. I hate. Supergroups super as a general groups. role, it's this really, made me hate them. I, I've already, I've always hated supergroups. I've hated supergroups for a long time because I think it's just a, a it's a title that means nothing. Chris, there was a band called BLT. <laughs> it was well, bacon, lettuce, and tomato was, are the three things was, that really make a super sandwich. That's a supergroup sandwich. It was, it was the tomato is a star. The bacon <laughs> is a superstar. Everyone knows lettuce. Everyone loves bread. That's a great band. Chris, have you seen the LGBTQ sandwich? It's like a BLT. It's bacon, lettuce, tomato, guacamole, and queso. Oh. <laughs> queso. And then uh, guacamole we, we, and queso just We are... needed something to add the to add the to add the Q. <laughs> you get to add your own your own ingredients after that because of the plus yeah exactly yeah. or the plus means creative. or the plus means you have it on an everything bagel the plus hey, is hey, for Jack. everything it what? means you can put whatever you want on it because it's inclusive <sighs> now you're just throwing words around <laughs> well now you you're know, just Jeff. now you're just trying to now you're just trying to, to trigger people listen no, I support Happy Pride Month. We got a special surprise. We're going to listen through every Korn album and count the number of times Jonathan Davis... I'm sorry, every Bleep album and, and count the number of times Jonathan Davis says the F-slur. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. I do not want to sit and listen to that much Korn all at once. <laughs> that sounds like you an endeavor. No, but for real, it was it was nice to listen to something that was a little bit more straightforward. We've been listening to some strange albums. Yeah, and, um, I will say we we did the monstrosity, the the monstrous undertaking that was autumn. We yeah. are also listening to something else that is a shut lot the fuck to up. get through. I was going to do a setup. But and, shut the fuck. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Anyways, I'm then, just really glad. Then edit this next out and week. Do the thing. I'm just glad that next week we will be able to listen to a band that is known for their consistency that is often called too consistent we're gonna check out the new event sevenfold <laughs> dude that's how i sound every time i hear that event sevenfold's putting out an album we'll get into them oh uh, i'm excited i'm really excited i mean because i have i have a uh a history with them actually so we're, we're, they're I be, don't. They're, That's the exciting part. Oh, is I that do. I, and they're going to be fun to get into. All through high school, I could. I mean, I obviously I have a history in that I know songs, but I've never had a strong opinion on an Event Sevenfold. You know what? We'll get into that next yeah, week. I'm I've, ready. I've had I'm a psyched. lot of strong opinions on Event Sevenfold, so we'll be getting into that Ooh, um, whenever I'm, we talk. I'm next. excited. Chris, are we done? No, I got this list of supergroups I want to look at. <laughs> Chris, what else have you been listening to lately? It's it's mostly been New Revolution since uh, New Faith, New Event Sevenfold, and Faith No More. All right, I mean that's valid. Oh, actually, you know what I did do? No. I, I I remember an interesting evening I had was so I've been talking to our friend trying to get her into black metal, right? Oh, okay. And it started because she sent me some crust punk, and I was like, "This is just black metal with no talent." That's exactly um, what crust punk is. Which made me go back and give Crustpunk another chance. It's fun. I think I'm about to give you the thumbs up on Leftover Crack. Oh my god, they're so fun. After all of these years of hating Leftover Crack, I no. think I finally get it. They're so fun. 
It wasn't my thing when I, when I was in high school when it came out. Oh, no, they're so good. They're so fun. <laughs> so, so there, you got that out of me. Yeah. You got a thumbs up on leftover crack. Very nice. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's your, that's your W for the week. Okay. Hey, I'll take it. That okay. is fantastic. All right. So, I've been up to here. First off, I, I, I feel so bad. I, I never noticed this album existing. Or if I did, I had forgotten about it. There's mm-hmm. a um Bob Marley live at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh. The Stanley Theater oh. is now known as the Benedum. This yeah. album came out like more than 10 years ago. It's recorded in yeah. 1980s. It's been out since like 2011. Um, I think there was bootlegs of it before that. Oh, probably. I don't know if I've ever sat and listened to it, but I, I just ran into this the other day. And I've been listening to that a lot, especially at work, and that's been a really good time. Sometimes I forget just how fun it is to to put that on and let it go. I'm gonna have to check it out because I think I knew I, I knew that existed. I feel like I I feel like it's one of those things where it's like there I, I had heard that there was like this incredible Pittsburgh show of Bob Marley. You know what I mean? So I actually stumbled. Like there's upon one it. of the doors, I believe, right? Yes. There's like one from Pittsburgh that's by the doors that's considered like incredible, and yes. I knew that there was one of Bob Marley. So, but I, I actually, don't think I've ever sat and listened to it. I actually stumbled upon it via a comment. I forget how I ended up on a Bob Marley live video, and it was of the song "The Heathen," I think. And one of the mm-hmm. top comments was something along the lines of like, "This is too slow." Ever since I ever since I heard that awesome recording from Pittsburgh. I can't listen to this song any other way. And yeah. I love the song. So I'm just like, all right, like, let's go check this out. And next thing I know, it's just like right in front of me. It's on Spotify. I had no idea. It's a good album. Cool. Um, I'll have to check that out. Otherwise, uh, a more important, sad death in the world in the past 24 hours was no, Astrid Gilberto. I can't believe it. No, not Iron Sheik. I really could not. I really could not care less. I mean, I'm sad the man died, I Watch guess. what you say. You gotta respect the legend, okay? I, I, make I, you humble. I, sure, whatever. Um, No, Astrid Gilberto, who was one of the people who sort of, like, helped create the sound of Bossa Nova in the 60s, she died. Uh, I saw the news early this morning. I've been listening today. I pretty much exclusively listened to an album called A Certain Smile, A Certain Sadness, which is just a beautiful, wonderful album. But Chris, what's even weirder is I spent a lot of time listening to Christian-themed 80s rock. And by that I mean I have been listening to Striper and a band called Shout. A, um, like, an absurd amount over the past, like, week and a half. I don't really know what brought this up. It just happened and I now have a playlist that is nothing but these two bands, and I put it on repeat and shuffle, and I just let it go. And man, it's a great time. Did you see that Toll Tour? What? Sorry, I'm just... Did you see that Toll Tour? No. They announced like 10 dates. Anywhere near here? There's like a Pennsylvania date that's like in some weird town near philadelphia that's not philadelphia they picked strange towns well okay hold on now just gonna throw this out there i don't know what town near philadelphia it is but it also could be one of those times like you know the big outdoor venue in pittsburgh is Uh, not in pittsburgh it's in burgettstown so i is it one of those now i'm saying this yeah, now I'm seeing on their site that it's listed as Philadelphia. I thought it was like one of those like out weird like an hour from Philadelphia. Places. Oh, okay, okay. Um, anyway. Oh, I'm also seeing they're playing in Allentown. Interesting. Yeah, not that I have a huge desire to go see them, but I was bitching about their set list to your brother this morning. Oh, is it is it bad? They're one of those bands that like resist playing the hits to the point where they're going to play like two songs that you know and then like and, a bunch of and like, then a bunch of songs that no one actually yeah. gives it about aside from like dead like like dead set fans die um, hard fans yeah which most people are not i don't know i'm actually looking at a set list from just last year and i randomly stumble across sober the pot the grudge wow yeah there are okay. three songs i was gonna say okay and i want to be- say never mind 
I mean, I'm also not a Tool fan, really, but yeah, you're right. There are three songs but the on thing their is, set list I, I would see. I was going to say, but the thing is, like, I would probably go see a Tool Greatest Hits set, but, like, everything that they're playing, I don't want to see. Wow. Nope. I could we gotta have a we gotta have a conversation. You know what? We've already had a setlist conversation, but I think we need to have another one. I don't know. I can I can bitch about setlists more. God. Anyway, because I've got some thoughts on setlists. You know what I got thoughts on? Um, after Revenge Sevenfold, I I think I don't know if it'll be a full episode or just like a short, but I want to talk about stupid instruments. Oh, I'm on board. I love that idea. Yeah. Stuff that's either exists to be gimmicky, like automaton, to yeah. um, instruments that you just find goofy in, like, even in normal settings. And then, like, gimmicky versions of instruments or, like, gimmicky pedals and stuff like that. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Okay, I could absolutely do a... I could absolutely do that. I'm in. That being said, are we good? Are we good? Are we done? Good night. Good night, Audacity. Good night, everyone. Um, rest in peace, 